you know, as soon as the first guy online started calling it the poverty pony, people didn't want it anymore. Welcome to episode five, episode five of the Frugal Firearms Podcast, the podcast designed to help you get the most for your shooting dollar. And today we have a special guest that I've been looking forward to since the show idea started, Dustin Pitcher from AR15Discounts.com, a company that I personally have used in the past to buy products at a very, very good price point and got very, very good customer service and fast shipping. So I'm very pleased to bring him on to talk about his scope of products that he offers, the opportunities that you have to learn from an expert in this field in terms of what to buy and what not to buy, what pitfalls you face being a new builder, or even if you're an experienced builder, and where to put your money and where to save money. So Ken, are you ready to bring on Dustin? Absolutely. I think he's going to get me motivated to take a couple of the the receivers that I have sitting in my safe and maybe start saving up a few dollars and maybe make, do another build. How many so, of the receivers do you have sitting in that safe, Ken? The important thing is that I have a sufficient <laughs> quantity uh, for my needs at present. Yes, but maybe yeah. maybe not the grandkids. I don't know. We'll see. Someday. Well, perhaps perhaps not. Well, you first you have to get grandkids, and you don't have. Those yeah, yet, that's a separate so. problem. Yeah. That is a separate problem. So, so now we're welcoming on Dustin from AR15Discounts.com, and as I mentioned, this is a opportunity I think for our listeners to really understand from the seller's perspective, and from a person who is invested in this in terms of inventory and and how much they've put into growing a business based on AR-15 building, where the value really is centered. I think that this is going to be probably one of our most productive episodes to date. So, Dustin, welcome to the show, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are. Right on. Yeah, no, um, super happy to be invited on this. Thank you so much. I'm glad you reached out. I know we it took a little while for us to get connected, but here we are. My name is Dustin Pitcher. Um, I am one of the owners of Dirty Bird Industries LLC, which is the the holding company for AR15Discounts.com and a few other entities underneath it. We're a family business, so it's myself and my brother and uh, my mom as well. And that's kind of how we started. We started in my brother's garage, essentially, shipping out lower parts kits and stuff. We got started it, we were a deal website, you know, we, we, we found good deals on parts and we tried to get them to the front page of like gun deals, which was back then was slick guns. And, uh, you know, Reddit has a gun deal forum. And so that's still a huge part of our marketing strategy. We did that for a while and uh, it helped us to grow. Uh, it, the reason it's, it's good is because builders like to build. They don't typically just build one, you know, and so they get done building their first one. They're like, this is cool, but now I want to do one with an H like an 18 inch barrel. I want to do an SPR style, but you know, they don't want to just go out and pay full price for a bunch of these parts because if you pay full price, 
for a lot of these brand, you know, lower parts kits, BCGs, all that stuff. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're in the gun way more than a factory rifle at that point. And so for the folks that like to build a lot of different guns, finding good prices is important. And so uh, the industry as a whole, the gun, the gun industry as a whole back then, you know, we're talking 2016, 2017 was kind of stagnant. We were a couple, several years removed from the last big run. And, uh, but we were able to get some market share with that fairly simple strategy. And now today uh, we have 18,000 SKUs. Uh, a lot 18, of it's AR parts. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of it's AR parts, but we also opened a brick and mortar location. So when we, we started in my brother's garage, then we leased a 1300 square foot little, you know, flex industrial space. And this is a story of a lot of companies like ours, by the way. And then, and then we took down the wall, we've leased the second unit. Uh, then we were able to buy the, 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 the complex, the building, uh, which consists of like two buildings. And we ended up filling the whole thing with racks. We took out all the walls and it was like a little tiny Amazon for gun parts. You know, at that point we were based in Bakersfield, California. At that point we had to decide, okay, do we want to grow here? Which didn't really make much sense because of the regulatory environment, our hands were tied as far as what we could do and what we could sell. Uh, we wanted to get into suppressors. Like, you know, there's a lot of money in suppressors. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, the complete firearms, you know, we, we're no seven FFL. So we, the ATF will give us variances. We can manufacture on rifles. Problem is in California, because of the assault weapons ban, there's not really a graceful way to do that. And there's certain, and, and we, even we can, which we do, we do make some here for that are California compliant, but they're California compliant. There's the rest of the country. They don't want the California stuff. There's no reason they would buy it. So so we made the decision uh, to move to North Carolina, uh, Raleigh. So we have a we got a fifty thousand square foot warehouse in Raleigh. That was a big move for us. It was a very stressful time, and it was it's far. It's the other side of the country. So my brother runs that out there. That's his name's Jay. He's phenomenal. Uh, he's he's an excellent operations guy. So they're doing great. You know, we have a lot of good employees. We kind of pride ourselves on customer service. So going back to your original question, that's who we are. We're family owned. We started out in the deal space, but now we sell everything. You know, we have relationships with some very high end manufacturers, people that were skeptical. You know, when you call up Geisley, say, hey, I'm from AR15discounts.com and you're like this, you know, um, discount surplus type thing. They're They're concerned with their brand image, you know. They're concerned that you're going to go out and violate their map policies right away uh, because that happens. And for, to and them for a people lot. who don't know, that's uh, map is minimum advertised price. Yeah. And so, you know, Geisley took a chance with us. They were the first like premium brand we got on with. Love those guys. We've been with them ever since. We do a lot of business with them. You know, now we have, you know, we carry LMT stuff. We carry some night stuff that we can find, you know, on the higher end of things. And then, you know, Radian, and there's there's a tons of great innovative manufacturers out there. That's one of the cool things about the space. I mean, talk about maxing out a platform. I mean, there's there's brilliant right. minds all over the country just thinking of ways to improve this platform. So for our builders out there, let me get into some of those questions because we we were discussing you know the sort of things that we think that our audience is going to be most interested in, and based on that experience and that extensive line that you've got, what's what sort of tripwires would you say or you know you, the common 
mistakes that you would think people are making and making the, let's say the first time builder, you know, heading them toward the right product. I mean, obviously you're going to sell them the product that they order. Uh, but I've dealt with your customer service well before the podcast existed. I dealt with your customer service guys and they were extremely helpful and, and guided me in the right way. And, and it was done in a way that, I mean, maybe you don't know this, you know, they weren't even being specific about stuff you sell. It was, it was like, well, if you find a better deal elsewhere, I mean, this other stuff that we don't sell is good too. So they were honest mm-hmm. and, th- and they create equity and, and loyalty in that regard. So I think that was a good thing. And you ended up getting sales out of it. Um, but but what are those kind of problems that you think the first time buyer would you know fall into uh, in terms of getting the best quality for their money? Yeah, so that's a good question. I would say the first problem is paying too much. I would say that's probably what happens. Uh, they don't shop around enough, and we don't have the best prices on everything at all, all the time. We, we're, we're quite aggressive. Uh, we do have a price matching policy and all that stuff. You know, um, we do everything we can without violating our partners, you know, policies in regards to pricing and stuff like that. And when we run afoul of it, we're quick to correct it. So I would recommend for new builders shop around, you know, and we have live chat. So we have 24 hour live chat. And so they can help with price matching and stuff like that. We hate to lose a deal on price. We hate to lose a sale on price. So that would be the first kind of general thing I would say. The other aspect of that would be getting caught up in in brands sometimes. So I'm not going to call out specific brands, obviously. But the, this, the space has been around long enough that there are... We'll take BCGs, for example. There are a few. You got like Lantac, Geisley... There, there are others. I'm trying to think of. Uh, Arrow has their own kind of. Uh, Arrow Precision has their own kind of enhanced BCG that's legitimately enhanced and not just you know wizard piss. <laughs> but uh, those BCG manufacturers, we're talking Toolcraft, uh, which actually t- Toolcraft, as far as I know, they actually only make carrier carriers. I don't know. It's been a while since I had a conversation with them, and we still do business with them. But they used to. They were buying bolts. Um, and some of the hardware from others. They were just machining the carriers, and they make really, really nice carriers. There's Toolcraft. You've got MicroBest. You've got uh, AO Precision. Uh, there's probably three or four others. Those are the people that manufacture the lion's share of the BCGs out there. Well, if you go buy one with a brand name on it, it's the same BCG a lot of the cases, a lot of the times. Now, you might get some additional benefits from the brand. You may like to have that brand. You may be outfitting your gun with that brand specifically. And so the logo they put on the BCG is important. So that's a that's a personal decision to make. And no one really has the right to tell you that's a good or bad decision. But for first-time builders, a lot of them don't know that that's kind of how, how it goes. Same thing with forged stripped upper receivers and stuff like that. There's a few manufacturers that are making tens of thousands of these every month, and then they're getting boxed in a dozen different brand packages and well, you know we yeah go ahead oh i was gonna say i mean if you look at I mean, a lot of people think you know the receiver being you know the lower receiver being you know the part that most people start with because it's the serialized part it seems to me that as long as it it's made to a minimum of a mil spec you know tolerance which i don't think is actually that hard to do and has a reasonable finish 
that there's not going to be a lot of difference there. And I think that sometimes people are willing to spend money on a lower that they really don't need to spend, but they should be spending it on the barrel or they should be spending it on, like you said, the BCG or, or perhaps some of the furniture that makes it, you know, collapsible stock or whatever that makes it easier for them to use. And I think that people, you know, misproportion where they're spending the money. And maybe it is part of that branding that that they just think, well, the cool guy standing down the the row has brand XYZ. So if yeah. I have brand ABC, I'm not going to look cool. Well, yeah. That isn't the reason you should be buying the gun in the first place. Yeah. So lowers are an interesting conversation. You know, you can save a lot of money by going with a lower. Interesting story. Um, you know, we, we sold, we've been selling, dealing with Anderson, Anderson Manufacturers. Right. Those guys are great. They their their stuff is they make really good quality stuff. Um, they make a lot of lowers for a lot of people. And, and people so, to your point, people don't know that they think that I'm buying the Gucci brand when in fact they're buying an Anderson. They might be though. They might be because again, I I'm not going to single out. I sell them all. You know what I mean. Yeah. And also they're they're also buying into the customer sort support that goes along with it. Sometimes what too, they might be buying. They might be buying it. They might be buying the 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 lower might have been manufactured by Anderson, but it might go through a whole separate quality control process once it hits the floor of that brand, you know. And so, just because they're all coming from the same place doesn't mean that there's not a difference when it gets to you. There could be additional quality control that goes into it. Mm. It's tough to say. It's tough to say. But for example, how I know the the logo lower matters a lot is man. It, we we've always sold a lot of Anderson lowers. You know they've got the horse on it. You know mm-hmm. cool horse, right? It's cool enough. It's a cool logo for some people. But you know as soon as the first guy online started calling it the poverty pony, people didn't want it anymore. And so Anderson, it took them a little while to kind of get wise to this. But they came out with their no logo. They called it the ghost lower, or I think they called it the ghost. Lower. I don't know, but it's the no logo. There's no logo on it. It's like super minimalist. All it has is their uh, you know, multi-cal AM15 serial number, Anderson Manufacturing, Hebron, Kentucky, um, or Huron or whatever it is. And those things sell like hotcakes because you either really want a nice brand, you want to spend the money on that nice brand, or you want no brand at all. You know, there's not really an in-between. You, you don't want to necessarily be sporting a, a brand that's known for being a budget, you know, even though Anderson's has excellent quality and we do a lot of business with them. They're fantastic and they make lowers for a lot of people, high end brands. Does um, Anderson or another manufacturer, for example, make a 6,000 series aluminum lower also making a 7,000 series aluminum lower. The difference is, I mean, from a metallurgy perspective, I'm sure Craig could probably get mm-hmm. more, but I've always been told 7,000 is, is better for durability. For forged lowers, um, they're all going to be 7,000 aluminum. I've never seen a forged lower that's made out of 6,000 series aluminum, but uh, billet lowers though, sometimes, sometimes 6,100, 6,000 series aluminum. And I don't know exactly why that is. I would suspect because they're forged. And so a lot of these, even a lot of the different OEM lower manufacturers are getting, they're using the same forging. So, you, you know, the, the, the process starts way up here. It starts with the, with the raw materials, which is to say the forgings. And so, you know, those are, they're buying those for what, 10, 12 bucks a pop or whatever. They're putting them into the machine and finishing them out. But they come like kind of, you know, looking like a lower already for a forge or they go billet, in which case they're basically, you know, 
they're removing a lot of material to make exactly what they want. That's why you get the cool designs on the billet lowers and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. and Ken and and you're right. It does have to do with the 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 alloy you choose has to do with the process that's going to follow that because some alloys are not amenable to to different processes as 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 easily. So you're just simply optimizing the alloy for the for the thing you're choosing later. But it also seems to me that you know again, unless you want like a skull or some sort of a you know embossed image that can only be done through machining. Um, with certain types of, of lowers just for the cool factor that functionally it's, it's all kind of the same. I mean, you had mentioned in our notes ahead of the show, how to distinguish a gimmick or a hyped brand from a quality worth paying for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's tough to do, especially, well, for a first timer, that's, that's going to be tough to do. You got to kind of get in the weeds as far as the research goes. I would say for the most part, if it's a brand that's, you know, Gucci or like, really well-known and has been around for a while, it's probably solid. And there's probably a reason it's been around for a while, you know, and it depends on kind of what direction you're going for like competition guys. You got JP. There's nothing gimmick about JP. They make the best competition rifles out there. Um, you know, uh, not to say that a builder can't build something that's similar, not to say that other manufacturers don't make great competition builds, but it's just JP's, you know, they've just put, that's been their focus. And so what you're paying for is what you're getting with a company like JP. So in cases um, like, the, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off if you got a point there. No. Well, I was going to say, so you carry, you mentioned 18,000 SKUs. You can't test them all. It's just too many. To, but how do you decide what, what makes and doesn't make the grade in terms of what you want to carry? I mean, some of it's obviously if you're carrying Geisley or something like that, then you are in a position where the reputation stands on its own. Some of these other products maybe are kind of unknown. I mean, do you have to test them? Do you um, go on reputation? Do you go on how well the company backs up the product? How do you make those decisions? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that some things don't make the cut. You say, no, I'm not carrying your stuff. Yeah. Um, so the the manufacturers and brands that we deal with, Typically, if they've got poor reputation, we're not talking to them anyway, um, if it's that bad. But for, you know, really, and this is the case with everybody, not just us, nobody's pulling every part out of the box and, and putting them on a build and running them, you know, that mm. then we don't have YouTube channels. Uh, it's customers that are doing the testing, essentially. And so we take customer feedback very, and how we protect the customers that way is we have like a, it's kind of a satisfaction guarantee. Look, you got 30 days. You can install it. You can run it. You can chuck it down the driveway. I don't care if you like, don't like the way it smells. You can send it back for any reason and we'll give you a full refund. And so, and then what we do is we we pay close attention to reviews and feedback that we get from the customers because they're the ones using it. You know, I don't have a team, an army of people to go out. I mean, it'd be a cool job to have, I'm sure. It would but, be, yeah. I mean, I do have an army. They're my customers, you know, and so I listen to them, what they tell us. And so they do the testing, they leave reviews, they ask questions and, you know, they give us feedback. So it hasn't happened very often, but sometimes we'll drop products based on that, based on uh, consistently negative feedback. Well, well, let me approach it from the frugal perspective. A lot of people bought lowers when they were like, oh, they're going to, they're going to, you know, ban these things, you know, and a lot of people went out and bought lowers. You know, they had 500 bucks. They could have bought one maybe entry-level gun, or they could buy, you know, five or eight receivers. A lot of people mm -hmm. went out and bought 
receivers, figuring, well, at some point in time in the future, I will be able to build these things. And a lot of them about Anderson. I, I myself did, did that about several, uh, several Anderson, which are basically sitting in the safe, uh, uh, unconstructed at this point in time, even had some, even found a couple that I bought back in the, in the nineties from Olympic arms, Oli, Oli ones. So mm, you know, sitting mm. there going, Hmm, maybe someday I'll assemble these things into something that might be interesting. But from a frugal perspective, I mean, what would you do? Okay, you, you, you've, you've got a builder out there. They, they bought a lower. Well, what would you do? Would you buy a, a, you know, a bunch of tools to assemble the thing first? Uh, what do you need to build it? Yeah, you're going to have to have tools. Um, so there's some kits. We have some bundles that we do on the site. And so like armors, wrenches, and upper vice blocks and stuff like that. So we have some bundles we put together that kind of get people going with the basics of what they need. If you're going to do more than a few builds, you're going to want some nicer tools. You know, you might want a reaction rod um, so that you're engaging the lugs of the barrel instead of kind of clamping onto the upper receiver so that when you torque it, especially if it's a barrel nut that requires like, you know, more than 50, 55 pounds per square inch, um, you can be sure that you're not tweaking the upper receiver. Uh, that's just one example. And so tools go a long way. You know, they're specialized tool though. So if you're, if you're doing one build, and that's probably all you're ever going to do. You don't want to go out and spend as much, you know, 500 probably wouldn't be, you know, if you've got all the really nice tools, it could be four or $500, right. you know, but well, you're not going to spend that if you're only doing one build, but, and you won't know until after you do your first build. Cause that's usually when people get hooked, you know, someone will do their first build and they've had enough of it. They go shoot the gun, well, you know, whatever. There's other guys that just, they just start cranking them out. We have customers, we've had long, long time customers and they just build and build and build. It's fun for them. It's their project. You know, some people like model airplanes, some people like building guns. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do you so, think, I was go going to say, what do you think the, the, another topic that we had in the notes, you know, the show notes was, you know, the common mistakes that, that people make when building. And, and this could even go to experienced builders. I mean, you, you had mentioned things like, you know, picking the wrong gas system length or the, or the wrong combination of buffers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so and how do you, I mean, how do you avoid those, those tripwires? I mean, I guess the obvious question is come in, you know, come up in the chat and ask the question. Come up in the chat. Now these look, I mean, we offshore our live chat, so they're not build experts. They, they escalate to our team in Raleigh that are in the armory there for build questions. So I have the live chat there to, provide basic website related things They get order status updates. They can do some things and they're, they're, they're fine, you know, but it's not, you're not going to get detailed advice on the live chat. It's more useful that they're there for people. We do get good feedback that they're there, but they're not asking, they're not answering technical questions. Or maybe it's, then uh, it's, it's going to, to, to your, you know, air 15 yeah. junkies.com or, or I mean, YouTube channel. I'm sorry. That would be, yeah. you know, perhaps the resource that you would use. Yeah. The number one mistake is going to be, gas system length okay they get a mid-length barrel they bought a carbine gas system because uh they also bought a carbine buffer tube and a lot of people think that that you know there's a correspondence between the gas system length and the buffer system because you have a rifle length buffer system and then you have a carbine length buffer system you also have other lengths now which we can get into if you want but that's getting into the weeds and then you have uh you know, so that's that's typically what we do. Now, a lot of times our customer service will catch that. We'll see that they've got a mid-length barrel in their order and they've got a carbine length gas system. And we'll try to reach out to them and, and nine times out of 10, they didn't do that on purpose. They're like, oh yeah, 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 my bad. Give me the mid-length ga- gas tube and we'll swap it out for them. 
we don't catch them all the time. You know, we're, we do a lot of orders. So, sure. but um, the the tough thing about that question, I remember reading it on your uh, thing, is like common common mistakes. I've been in it so long that it's um, I, I kind of take everything for granted. Uh, but really, it is the gas system issues, you know. Um, and as far as resources go, I would you know say forums. Our customer support, we help people all the time. You know, we do configurators. We have configurators on the site. I don't know if you ever used one of those, but you can basically configure your own upper. Um, so it's a lot of people like to buy complete uppers. And we set up the configurators with rules so that you can't pick the wrong thing. And uh, Really? I didn't, I didn't know that. I mean, I, I saw the configurator, but I didn't know that it had filters in it that would prevent you from just doing something dumb. Yeah, yeah. So rules based on you know gas block diameter, you know, because sometimes a thin profile barrel have a sixty-five gas block diameter, um, or the gas system length. That's you know the big thing. Or some upper receivers do not have a forward assist, you know, slick slide uppers, and so you don't want to make the customer buy one if you they can't put it on. Well, the other thing is buy from a retailer that has a really good return policy. You know, basically like ours that says you can send anything back in 30 days for any reason. You know, and the reason is because if it's your first build, you're probably going to mangle something. <laughs> you know, you might mess up some aluminum. And so you want to be able to send it back. And, and, and buy an oops have, kit. Buy, buy an oops yeah, kit. Yeah, extra springs and detents. You know, you're definitely going to want those. And so, yeah, that's what I would say. Just get in and build it. You know, um, look at the forums or whatever. Watch some videos. Just do it. You know, you, you had buy, mentioned gas blocks. Mm-hmm. What do you think about? Uh, I think that that's a that's a adjustable gas flo- blocks and things like that that you had had brought up in the notes ahead of time. Yeah, I think it's something that's kind of heterodox. I am not a huge fan of adjustable gas blocks unless you really need one for competition or suppressor work or stuff like that. And even then, if, if it's a suppressor, basically there's two settings you need, um, and so you can you can do that via an adjustable gas key. But for a defensive style weapon, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't run an adjustable gas block. I also think that it's better to adjust, to tune the gas system using the buffer uh, buffer weight, basically. Uh, and also spring rate. You know, Spring Coast springs are uh, awesome because they have all the different color springs. And so, you know, if you're, if you're running your gun and it's throwing brass straight forward, well, then you're way over gas. You have two options. If you, you can get a heavier buffer, that'll help you out. Or if you don't want to, you know, they're also heavier, so there's weight there, you know, because they use tungsten weights. You know, you can get up there. Some buffers, especially like 9-millimeter blowback buffers, I mean, they're massive. They're super, super heavy. And so you can adjust using spring rate at that point, you know. Um, adjustable gas blocks will be useful for maybe precision rifle shooters, which a lot of time competition guys, because they're, they're doing reloads. And so... Uh, they might need something that they can tune for a certain load at one time for one competition, maybe one elevation, weather, whatever. These guys are wizards, man. But uh, so they need that, you know, to be able to that on the fly adjustment. I think more people get them than really need them. Would you say that's the I same as like, you know, your chrome bolts and your chrome line barrels and all of these things? Oh, no, no. Okay. So talk for an hour about barrels. Um, <laughs> so, the, the skinny on barrels is basically um, chrome lining is kind of an art. There are still really good chrome lined barrels. But for the mass market, for production lines that are going to produce a lot of them, an example of good chrome lined barrels is going to be Criterion. They make some of the most accurate chrome lined barrels out there. 
Um, fantastic company. You can't go wrong buying a barrel from Criterion. They're not cheap. They also do nitrided barrels too, but you know, for the mass, for a production line where you want to crank out 10,000 barrels uh, a month, it's easier just to nitride the barrels and, and nitriding actually holds up longer. You know, I, I don't, I have, you know, I got in, into researching this years ago and I would see a lot of different claims, different places online, but it appears to be like you're going to max out about 10,000 rounds and then the rifling's shot on a chrome line barrel. I, I've read that nitriding, you can, you know, get up to 30,000 rounds. I, I, I would think that's good information, but I'm going to put a disclaimer. I'm not a, I'm not a barrel manufacturer. No, that's fine. I mean, we are frugal. So, I mean, I, yeah. I don't think there's going to be any of my guns that are running it ever going to be north of 10,000 rounds. And that probably includes my 22 long rifles as well. <laughs> they might get close well, over their life. Yeah, but in, and if, in two, two, three, I don't have the coin to be able to run ten thousand rounds through a, through a barrel. No, that ammo. Hey, you might say that that ammo keeps coming down in price. It's two, two, three is finally, finally coming back down. If you ever look at the at the, I saw an interesting statistic one time that I had to think about for a minute, but I think it's true. the The actual life of a barrel is around two seconds, and you think, well, where does that come from? It's it's the aggregated time that the bullet is in the bore. For its oh, life so of the funny. barrel. I mean, <laughs> it, it, but but I mean, it kind of makes sense under that kind of pressure and and friction. And you can listen to, <laughs> dear listeners, go back and listen to episode four of the Frugal Firearms podcast to listen to how to reduce the friction uh, in in your gun, including your barrel. But at the same time, yeah, when you think of a barrel as lasting only a few seconds, that's really its actual life. Yeah, I had never thought about it that way. So yeah, that what, is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what would you say is there, there's a, there's a question that I wanted to get out here, uh, you know, before, before we run out of time today, is there anything I suffer from this because, well, I'm an engineer and engineers do this kind of thing, but, but what sort of products cause the, the most paralysis by over analysis, you know, the people get really super hung up on, let's say, the trigger or something like that, and they can't make a decision, and they're always reaching out to the forums and asking questions because they just don't know what to do, and there's so many choices, and, you know, oh, my God, I, I just can't select one. Is there anything that fits that category? I, I read that when you sent the show notes, and I, I was thinking, I was like, is there, is there, there's not really, because it's a personality thing, and so... If someone's gonna if someone's gonna be like that about one part, they're probably gonna be like, like that about most of the parts. You know, oh, I, I totally am. <laughs> yes. So it's it's really a personality thing. Um, it you know gear acquisition syndrome I think is is you know so this affects not just gun builders but uh, people into photography. Like I'm I'm the same way. You know, I read reviews all day about something. You know, about cameras and stuff like that and anything you can think of that dudes are interested in. Some of us, maybe most of us, are like we'll get into the weeds on that stuff. So yeah, there's there's not a specific product that would. Now as far as and there's so many options like triggers, barrels, BCGs. I mean, it's really everything. I mean, there's there's everything under the sun for ARs now. I mean, you 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 can obsess over every single part you get, which I've done, which I've done, and you know with that talking about Dirty Bird, and so. The parts that we have, we do some assembly work. We don't cut any metal. And so what we do, what we've done with the Dirty Bird product line is we've identified what we really like, what our customers like, and we'll approach those manufacturers and say, hey, 
do us a run of dirty bird handguards or do us a run of dirty bird triggers or whatever. And uh, for our lower parts kits, for example, I spent a lot of time on that. Our lower parts kits come with an extra takedown spring and detent, which a lot of them don't. <laughs> um, and we actually source every spring and, and detent um, from different manufacturers. Some we, some we get multiple parts from, but, but our dirty bird kits are kitted with, you know, piece by piece. And we include, and when we do our enhanced triggers, we include reduced power springs in there. So you have an option for the lighter pole weight. You know, we have the nickel Teflon trigger that everybody has, you know, PSA has it. They all come from Schmid. They all come from Schmid tool that, that, you know, mil spec plus trigger, uh, I think BCM calls it the PNT or something like that. Great trigger, great trigger. Everybody buys it from the same place, but we include reduced power springs. And so we've got kits that you can get that trigger in. And we've got lower parts kits that are like pin and spring kits only for guys that want to source their own controls. So there's guys that want to, they want to pick the bolt catch, the mag catch, the mag but button, the, you know, the takedown pins. They want to source the trigger guard. They want to do everything exactly how they want it so they buy the pin and spring kit because it doesn't include a bunch of crap that they don't need when it comes to finding quality stuff you know if you if, if we put dirty bird on it you can be assured that it's quality because i mean we've been dealing with these people for a long time we stand behind the products obviously that's a good thing about this industry is a lot of these brands and manufacturers will do stand behind their products this is it's an american thing you know this industry we have less especially when it comes to the actual components we're not talking like slings and optics and stuff like that but the actual components to build a rifle not a lot of our stuff is imported a very small percentage of the parts are actually imported you know we mentioned strike earlier well they don't actually say what is made in the u.s and what is coming out of taiwan anymore they just decided at least that's the last time i talked to those guys they were like we're just not saying anymore they work on they're, they're moving more and more of their manufacturing in the United States, but their idea is like, look, we're going to stand by the, behind the product no matter what. You know, it, it, we don't want to participate in this, that, that kind of discussion. That said, it still stand, it's, it's still true that most gun parts are made in the USA. Mm-hmm. And, and you talked about, you know, tier one versus tier two and three manufacturers. Are, is, I guess you would call strike, and, and I assume Dirty Birds is a tier one, you know, type manufacturer. Um, or, or, did, or certainly Geisley, you which you which you mentioned earlier before. Yeah, so a lot of people are going to have different opinions on this. Okay, so this is just my opinion. And, and tiers, it's like, what do you mean? Is it tier one like only manufacturers that cut the own metal for their receivers and all that stuff? Or here's how I would position that. Here's how I would answer that question about quality levels. I would place the companies that are doing defense contracts and a lot of times selling them to other countries. Um, at the top of the list. I've been very impressed with, and, and these are these are manufacturers that produce complete firearms almost exclusively. That would be, you know, LMT, Knights Armament, HK, I guess, because they make the 416, it's kind of like an AR. I would, I would put LWRC in that category. There's a few others, who else? Primary Weapon Systems has been getting a lot of agency contracts and stuff recently. Uh, agencies really, really like PWS stuff. The, they're into the piston-driven um, idea and all that stuff. So if I was like tier one, I would probably do manufacturers like that because they've been around for a long time. 
they're making parts that they know are going to be used in a life or death situation. And when you handle those guns, there's just, you know, there's, there's something about them. Maybe some of it's hype. I don't know, but you know, maybe they're not using some super unobtainium alloy. Maybe they're using a regular forging, but they are going, you're paying for the quality control process essentially at that point. And so that's who I would put at the top probably tier two is going to be big. Well, that's, that's fine. I don't want like to have you point anybody out that you don't, yeah, you don't I, want to. So, I mean, there so, are a lot of quality parts out there that you can you can assemble combinations of this, that, the other thing. So it's a certain amount of going through the catalog. I appreciate the fact that you won't you'll try to catch areas where a person you know orders the wrong you know gas block or the wrong you know buffer tube or whatever for for the barrel assembly. As far as tiers go, there's a lot of different ways to see it. I would probably say less like quality and more like hands-on. So tier one, I think of as manufacturer suppliers. These are the people cutting the metal, you know. Tier two would be the the brands that are that are either doing their own drawings, so doing their own engineering work and sending drawings for their own specific ideas to these manufacturers. Sometimes there's overlap. Sometimes the manufacturer supplier is also doing some innovation and design work. Um, that would probably be tier two. And then tier three, and, and so they're not producing this stuff themselves, but they're, they're, they have a say in it. And then they're also bringing it in. They're packaging it. They're doing some quality control once it comes from the manufacturer. Tier three parts are basically going to be primarily mil-spec parts coming direct from a manufacturer that's that you're going to buy and get in bulk packaging. You know, you're going to get a BCG wrapped in foam, you know, or you're going to get an upper receiver. It's not going to come in a nice little box or anything. It's going to be in a, you know, kind of a plastic bag or whatever. But you're um, not saying that people should be afraid of buying those parts because you no. back them up and they're not necessarily lesser quality. They're simply that, you know, these companies are putting a design spin on something that is already coming from a quality factory. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's exactly right. Uh, going back to the beginning, that's why I say buy from a buy from a good retailer, someone who's got accessible customer service, so that you don't have to worry about if you do. Because when you're buying that tier three stuff, um, it's not like bargain basement, you know. But there's not that extra level of quality control that goes into it because you want the good price. And because 99% of the products coming off the line, because the manufacturer does have QC, you know, like Anderson's got their own QC. It's phenomenal QC. Very, very, very low return rate on Anderson stuff. And a lot of the manufacturer suppliers we deal with, they're good mm -hmm. at this stuff. They're, they're, there's process and systems guys, you know, and they, you know, they're making a ton of them every month. It would blow your mind the number of, barrels that some of these manufacturers are making it's almost unbelievable and so nothing wrong with buying those there's nothing wrong with buying those uh yeah. parts at all no i appreciate that i mean i used to work in uh, qc the quality assurance quality control back in uh when i worked in uh manufacturer the apache attack helicopter so i learned a lot about that back this oh, is yeah. 30, 30 years ago and some of the things i was fascinated about is some of the specs they had on, on like the sheet metal on those helicopters were, were for mock aircraft. And you're like, the thing is never going to go mock. <laughs> it's just not. But the, the, the quality control was at that level, just as if you were going to have a, an aircraft going that fast. And I appreciate the fact that you increased or that you include 
you know, like extra springs and detent balls. And these are low cost items, but they're, they're something which will absolutely stop a build. You know, my garage has, you know, three or four springs and some little balls and the screws that I, I honest to God, I have no idea where they went. When I was taking yeah. apart something, it just went kaping. I heard it bounce off the wall someplace, and I have yeah. never found it. I don't yeah. know where it yeah. went. Sometimes they just get raptured, you know, and you never see them again. You never see them, and the fact that you include, you know, a couple of those extra type of things that'll stop a build cold. I've I've had firearms which I've taken apart, and some little two dollar spring. I don't know where the hell it went, and now I have basically a brick. Uh-huh. I can't yeah. fire it until until, until uh, I get the replacement part, and that's going to take a week or two if I'm lucky. So I, I think that's why when you look at uh, AR15Discounts.com, one of the first par- products you'll see listed is the Oops Kit. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It seems to show up on that front page. Where do you, either for the beginner or enthusiast or serious builder, where do you proportion your money? Where do you put that money just categorically? Like, put most of it in the barrel, a little bit in the receiver, most of a lot of it in the trigger. Kind of where would you rank things in terms of getting the best bang for your buck? I mean, I hate to say that because it's too cliche, yeah. but yeah. yeah. For an entry-level gun that, that a frugal person is going to build. Yeah. yeah. They got they got the lower receiver, say. Yeah, yeah. okay. So I, I hate to overcomplicate the question, but it really does matter the kind of build you're doing, you know? Because if it's a precision rifle, well, then it's going to be all about the barrel and the trigger. You know, if it's a if it's a combat ready gun, if it's something you're going to have to go to war with, well, you probably want just a really good quality mil spec trigger. You know, because you don't want a two pound pull. If you know for close quarters, you know, rough style engagements, you don't want that. You, you want you want solid stuff. If likewise, you know, if you're going to run three gun, you want light. You know, lightweight probably you know, low recoil, but that means you're putting a three-port brake on it. You're doing all kinds of stuff with the gas system. For the person building their first AR, which will likely be around a, a like a your traditional 16-inch barrel kind of do-everything gun, what I would call a recce-style rifle, mm-hmm. you want to find a quality BCG, If but and you have budget in mind. For BCG, I would go with probably like a micro best, you know, because... A lot of other people sell those BCGs and charge a lot more for them. Uh, they're phenomenal. They're 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 pretty widely recognized as being some of the toughest hard to use BCGs out there. So I wouldn't actually splurge on a BCG. As far as a barrel goes, I would avoid the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> barrel. <Literally. laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> but uh, you know, a, a great company to look at for barrels is Ballistic Advantage. Um, we do a lot of business with them. We sell a lot of their barrels. Roscoe Manufacturing, we do a lot of business with them. They were previously ESS, I think, back in the day when we started. Um, but I would I would say get a barrel that's been proof-fired, okay? I know last I spoke to Ballistic Advantage, they, they you know, which it's high-pressure testing, okay? So they're all magnetic. They should all be magnetic particle inspected. You want that MPI, should be stamped MPI, and high pressure tested HPT, and essentially HPT is is a proof fire, you know, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe I believe Ballistic Advantage still does that. And so we usually well, have in our we'll ask them. We we have them uh, in the queue at some point to have on as as a guest. So oh, cool. Uh, you're gonna talk to you're gonna talk to Clint. 
I don't know who they're going to give to me to talk to, oh. uh, but that but that is uh, you know one of our targets to have on as a guest in the future. Um, yeah, try to talk to try to talk to Clint. He's awesome. He's awesome. Okay. Any any okay. concluding comments there, Dustin? Appreciate your time today. And uh, no, I'm I'm happy to have talked to you guys. Obviously, stop by. I hope everybody frugal firearms. That's kind of our deal here. Fifteen discounts.com. Stop by. Uh, give us a chance to, you know, get to know our customer service. And I think that will make the difference as I spoke about multiple things. It really comes down to who you buy the parts from because you don't want to have a problem if you do need to exchange or whatever. So, uh, but yeah, no, have fun building. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. The, I think people in general should do, I, I'm excited for anybody who exercises their Second Amendment right in whatever way they see fit. And if that's building guns, do it. God that's bless good. America. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Dustin. And uh, we, we'll we'll put in a a little promo for you on on the uh, on our social media. Uh, hopefully, you'll advertise the uh, the episode as well, because uh, this is a good interview, and I think the people who are getting to know your company uh, will definitely you know want to hear this and 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 have that virtual conversation with you to understand that you stand behind your products. Sure, absolutely. Hope to do this again. All right. Thanks much. Right. Thank you, Dustin. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Well, Dustin, I really appreciated your time. I think I've learned a few things. I like the fact that uh, you you add uh, extra little parts that often get lost and so forth. And these, uh, after listening to them, I think I'm going to start flipping through those 18,000 SKUs and uh, coming up with a list of uh, items that I think I'm going to do for my next frugal build. How about you, Greg? Well, you know, one of the nice things about that website at AR15 Discounts is that they have everything categorized on the left side. So you can dial it in by manufacturer or by caliber or by part category or anything you want to really make sorting through all 18,000 SKUs uh, a bit more efficient, uh, which is very, very helpful. I use that tool quite a bit myself. And the other thing, however, I didn't know about was the Air uh, 15 Build Junkies uh, YouTube channel. Perhaps I wish I knew about that beforehand, but I didn't. Uh, but now I think that at least you, with this mountain of builds that you're going to need to do, should probably go review that and get some pointers there as well. So thanks for listening. Again, this is AR15Discounts.com uh, edition of the Frugal Firearms Podcast. You can reach out and uh, comment. On both social media, we're up on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Or send us an email at frugalfirearmspodcast at gmail.com. Again, frugalfirearmspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll get right back to you. We're looking for suggestions for future shows. Uh, We're looking for any manufacturers that want their products highlighted. So thanks for listening and good night.